Hello and welcome to this episode of Troy Nunes' is an Absolute Podcast. Uh, with you as always, Steve Haller. Joining me as always, Andy Pregler and Christian Guzman for this wild and woolly week of... I guess there were supposed to be Syracuse sports? Arsenal! Oh boy, we're starting there, aren't we? We're starting there, aren't we? Oh my god. I'm, <sighs> if Pregler I'm wasn't sorry. insufferable enough, his Arsenal boys decided to defeat both... Christians, Manchester United, and my Chelsea. Uh, you have to un the the wonderful fans on our Twitch screen did a Twitch stream did not hear my uh, Arsenal song because Christian Every and I time. did it again. <laughs> it's fixed now. There but... we go. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Arsenal uh, won two soccer games in a week that they I thought they would win none, and they just happened to be against your guys' teams. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a victory lap. Uh, I'm gonna run and enjoy it, and then I'm gonna. Pretend that none of this happened when they lose to West Ham uh, on Saturday. That like that's just prefer, not going to happen. At this point, I'd actually prefer you guys to beat West Ham because if Manchester United finished seventh behind West Ham, I may. Ugh. Yeah. You know what that would be? I, that would be the ultimate revenge of former guru of all things Nunes magician John Casillo mm, and his never pirates. Would be never going to hear the end of this from Casillo. <laughs> Oh, shout out, also, shout out to Everton. <laughs> shout out to Everton, who are doing things that I did not think Everton would ever do, but here we are. Yeah, next week, uh, Arsenal is in the Sunday game, which includes Everton hosting Chelsea at 9 in the morning, Tottenham hosting Leicester at 9 in the morning, and West Ham and Arsenal at 11.30 in the morning on the East Coast time. That sounds like a Sunday full of shoded fraud. Like, there's no way that those three games go as expected. Also, shout out to uh, Burnley. What did they do? This I week? Burnley have won two straight games. Wow! And now they have Watford. Who? Who's the only team out? Well, now Norwich too. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Burnley somehow may stay up. How did this happen? Also, Newcastle with four straight are in ninth place. What the hell happened here? That oil money comes in. Uh, no, I actually, you know, you know what helped? Uh, Miguel Morone had a nice little midweek game there. Uh, kid, they're they're pushing the right buttons in a way that no Syracuse team is. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Troy Nunes as an absolute soccer. Um. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, Andy alluded to the fact that uh, it was. Well, I alluded to the fact off the bat that it was a light week in Syracuse Athletics. Uh, Andy decided to allude to the fact that, well, um, any of the games that did happen from the major sports um, didn't really go as planned. So, where do you want to start? Well, <laughs> which which let's, side let's of lacrosse do we want to start? Of, I was going to say, let's start with the definition of planned. Um, I think that the... In preseason plans, the men's lacrosse team did not go as planned. Based off of how this season has gone, I actually mm. thought this was a lot better than it could have been. Uh, the men's lacrosse team loses 21-15. to 15. Um, That is not good. However, I thought this was going to be a much worse loss than it actually ended up being, so moral victories? Maybe? I mean, I wasn't able to watch this one, but... Uh... When you're yeah. down eight, when you're down eighteen eight, yeah, at one point in that game, it's not a moral victory anymore. Even right, if, if you it, brought it, if, even if you bring it to within six, that's not like Syracuse kept it at six throughout that game. They were down by ten at one point. It's right, not you, a moral victory. If they were tight and you know let it slip away at the end or something, it's one thing. But as Christian alluded to, it seems like this one was uh, not particularly uh, close. You could say. Because um, it's not like it's not like the Maryland loss earlier this season, where yes, Syracuse lost by four, Syracuse losing by six in this game. But when Syracuse lost by four to Maryland, they drew within one multiple times. And then when you lost by four, it's like oh, but you know it was close. This one wasn't close from the beginning, and it just got close to the end because of garbage time. So yeah, I think that that's a, a really good point. And I, I mean, honestly, at this point, like I don't necessarily think that there's a whole lot that we should talk about when it comes to this stuff because they are um they're not going to make the tournament it's real bad we talked about this a lot last on the last show 
Um, there's not a ton to get into there. What I do think this is an interesting time to talk about is that Kevin wrote, or Michael uh, wrote a thing on the site. Kevin kind of suggested that someone take a look at it. Um, this is the first time ever that men's football, men's basketball, and men's lacrosse had losing seasons in the same academic year. So part of that goes to the dominance of men's lacrosse and men's basketball for extended periods of time. But I do think that this kind of, and like Michael's piece is great. He has an optimistic and a pessimistic take. So like you can really, it's a choose your own adventure of what combination of optimism and pessimism you want to have around the program as a whole. But what I will say is that this is probably the hardest time that I have had being a Syracuse fan not just because of the on the field results, but because there's always been so much drama going on off the field. And it really does start to feel like this off season, we might see some changes if only because I don't think you can have a year like you did coming out of the pandemic and perform as poorly as you did without some kinds of repercussions for somebody. At least I can't, I can't imagine that happening at any other D one, uh, school that relies on gate revenue to the extent that Syracuse relies on gate revenue. Optimistic, pessimistic, porque no las dos. That's how I've lived my entire noon's life. Uh, <laughs> is it, uh, it's, is it, go for it, Christian. It's just so tough. Um, like, because it, because Syracuse just in general is a fair weather program over every single sport. And so, like Andy said, when, if you're not winning, then basketball can only lose for so long before the gate revenue starts to drop off there. Yeah, before people decide to not go out in you know, sub-zero temperatures to go see them. Mm-hmm. So um, is, is it dumb to say that the product we e- – even when you look at just the product we saw on the field, that the 5-7 and seven football team was probably the best product we saw? Am I crazy oh thinking that? Oh boy, Steve. Um, Steve, I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> I, I was thinking about that while you were starting the conversation. I was like, that was of the three. That was the least painful to watch. And show, show your work. That's but, crazy. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it. I mean, towards the end, it was painful, but like. Uh, Right, I mean, uh, you know, for halfway through, it's like, ah, uh, you know, maybe. Well, and even even towards the end, there was still that chance and that you know flame of hope, and then the last two games happened when, you know, injuries mounted up and the wheels kind of came off. But... I mean, the pit the pit game wasn't that bad, but the Louisville and NC State games were just dreadful. Yeah, to watch. yeah, or sorry, yeah, I guess that would be three. Um, I I must have maybe that's my problem. Maybe I've just you know dropped some things from memory. <laughs> but since that's the farthest back, how but... how long are we in now? We're uh, eleven minutes in. Okay, there's our uh, our first Steve's old joke of the cast. <laughs> Gotta love it. Um, where? Oh, sorry, I'm pulling up the the football schedule. So that is... last year or this upcoming year? Nah, well, the, uh, well, that's. That's the problem. It pulled up this year, and I was like, oh, boy. Um, yeah, I mean, everything up through BC was like, okay, we're, we might be onto something. There's a chance we can snipe something at the end. There's, you know, there's there's some hope, uh, even knowing what we're going to run into. And I, I don't know. I mean, we could have come out of that season very easily between the Rutgers game and the Florida State game. And, and to be fair, Clemson, too, of any – any of that, well, uh, what was it? Wake Forest was overtime. So any of it's those just... games could have gone the, the other way. And we're bowling, and this is a completely moot conversation. And there was no point. I I guess it's weird, weird for me that at no point during the basketball season did I feel like there was going to be a point where they might turn it around or there was hope that they would turn it around. And the same thing with, well, until... Let me rephrase that. There was hope that they might turn it around, and then immediately after that game or that those two games where you're like, okay, they're kind of getting it, Jesse went down with a season-ending injury, and you're like, all right, there goes the season. Um, 
Yeah. You know, first thing we hear from lacrosse is Hiltz goes down. And it's like, okay, that's how this year's going to go. So, yeah. This, this is your bi week reminder also that the 2022 football schedule sucks. Mm-hmm. Do you look at it again? Because every time I look at it, I kind of. There's like a tear that comes to my eye. And. Uh, yeah, it's, it needs it's an, not good. It needs an. It needs a not safe for work filter. Seriously, like it really I, does. You got you got to switch out a couple of those games with just like small, like max schools or something to like make it work appropriate, and then, yeah, it's. Hey, I mean, hey, Lemoyne, you want to build a D, you want to build a football program for your move up to D one. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we get. Oh no, wait, we already have our non D one game on the schedule, and that is the one that we expect to win, and the only one that we expect to win. No, UConn. There's two that we expect. Oh, to win. Well, <laughs> here's mm-hmm. the fun thing. I am friends with a diehard UConn fan. He and his family have season tickets. He's going to the big house for the UConn Michigan football game. They do it is exist. A weird... They do exist. They live in Brooklyn and in Connecticut. It's very odd. Um, but what I will say about it is that they have a very healthy mindset of we do not expect to be good. We just kind of expect to play, and we do this as a social engagement. However, they are looking at that Syracuse game with, all we got to do is stop Sean Tucker. And I can't look at him and say they're any bit wrong. Um, They've also got a brand new coaching staff. And my favorite thing about UConn football, to remind everybody that they will always be UConn football, they had to move their spring game, uh, their blue and white game, from Thursday to Friday. It was originally scheduled for Thursday because Jim Mora, the new head, head football coach at UConn did not realize that the majority of his team had class on Thursday nights. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. When, (laughs) when you have a complete novelty hire of a coach, that's been how many years removed from coaching any sort of college? Uh, yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. What you're saying is that Syracuse shouldn't have false hopes, Andy, correct? Well, what I have learned is that anytime Syracuse shouldn't do something, they do something. And anytime they should do something, they don't do it. So I am refraining from saying that we should or shouldn't do anything against UConn, except that I'd really like the season to have a little bit of hope uh, deeper into September. So please don't let me down. I, it's more of a plea less than a declaration or a statement. I mean, how how in a year that you would have known that Notre Dame is coming up on your non-con do you schedule purdue as your other like who who does that um Derek I mean, gross her, right well yeah some combination of that and herm we understand that but uh like who should do that no one no one so I let alone a year when actually you know what can good. can we call up Casillo and see if he can pop on since we can since we're ranting about yeah, schedule. We're, we're doing schedule talk. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> he did make the return uh, on Monday for the uh, on my other podcast for the the Thor trailer breakdown. So uh, you know he still does know how to uh, podcast. <laughs> I I was genuinely waiting for him to just appear because we've said we've said three negative statements about the Syracuse football upcoming <laughs> schedule. I thought that that's just what made him appear somewhere. And summoned. There we go. <laughs> um, so Syracuse football scheduling is bad for next year. So this trend might continue because God only knows what's going to happen with the men's program as we still wait to see what they do in the transfer portal. Uh, but pivoting to the women's side of the lacrosse field, uh, which is where this whole thing started at, they won. Good for them. They beat Albany uh, 18 to 11. Uh, yes, it was a senior day on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, the big story is that uh, Emily Howershuck is now Harris the all time. So, what was that? Harris Chuck. Harris Chuck. I guess yeah. I guess you could get Harris out of that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, she passed head coach Kayla Trainer for the most goals scored by an individual at Syracuse. Uh, think I just think that that's pretty funny. Like it happens at Syracuse pretty much every year since you know our head coaches, with the exception of Dino Babers, are all former players at Syracuse. There's just some record that is being broken by a current player, uh, and the previous record was held by somebody on the coaching staff. So congratulations to her. Congratulations to the men or to the women's program. They are literally the only kind of light and hope that the uh, entire you know. 
yeah. team has also, moving forward. You, you yeah. did also, miss a... Well, before we get to that, Steve, small side note, they actually celebrated senior day against the North Carolina game, which was kind of weird, but, hmm. you, you know, well, whatever. Uh, Steve's going to get out to the bad stuff. Yeah, you may have missed the memo, Andy. Uh, yesterday, no. two, two days ago? Two days ago. Yeah. Uh, they, they did play the um, former employer of our current head coach, uh, the Boston College Eagles. And the game against the Eagles didn't go quite as well. Oh, um, the, the Egos. Mm, the Egos that play in not saying, quite Boston. Uh, are you saying an Eagles team beat a New York team pretty handily? Uh, <laughs> uh, Steelers uh, fan. That's no. I was gonna say that's just for, that's for Mike Held. I'm sorry, Mike. Uh, I had to do it. It was a low blow. Um, but uh, yeah, that game was less good. Um, I'm looking at the box score. And the game, Syracuse was down by one at half. Not bad. Uh, then they allow, they went uh, three, three goal deficit in the third. And, you know, they tried to claw it back in the, in the final, but you can't go down that many goals. It, it went up, it went yeah, up it was, to five at the start of the fourth. Yeah. It was oh, almost, it was almost a mirror of last year's uh, title game, wasn't it? Yeah. And then, close, yeah. Instead of you know giving up, they they clawed back a couple at the end. Turned up a little too short, but I mean overall they've they played what number one and number two and lost a total of or lost by a total of what four goals this year. And you got to remember also that this is a Syracuse team that has also just been incredibly incredibly unfortunate with injuries as well and they're still hanging in tough i can't same can't be said for some of the other syracuse teams right. because this this syracuse women's lacrosse team is missing very a lot of key pieces no emma tyrell no emma ward no sierra cockerel like the, those are three key players to have on your team no no three all americans it's fine yeah <laughs> you know gloss over that fact um that like those are three key players that you know, like you lose those three people, your team probably cripples, cripples, your program probably cripples. And we've seen already just what one injury can do to a Syracuse program this year. The fact that three injuries happen and they're still playing to within two goals of the number one and number three teams in the country shows you how good the Syracuse women's lacrosse team is. Oh, uh, random thought. Do we know who was on the call for uh, for the men's game? Sorry, I completely forgot. Or but... uh, for this week's men's game? Yeah. Against Virginia? Yeah. One Drew Carter. There we go. So we we officially did get a shout-out on the air. Troy Nunes is an absolute magician. Has been mentioned on an ESPN game processing. I believe I believe Anish has done that at some point also, I think. Maybe. That wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't but. surprise me. But, yeah, I know Drew's a, Drew's a good friend of mine. And, yeah, shout-outs to Drew. Nice. So Syracuse Syracuse grad as well. So yeah, he and he, also, he knows he knows the stuff. Perfect. And shouts to uh John Orsonego, of course, for uh, all of his coverage of the various lacrosse programs. As mm-hmm. much as he can handle for this men's team. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I I guess what we're probably not doing a selection show so special like we did last year. No, thinking you no. know <laughs> I think by then we will be strictly into off season content mode. We aren't already. I think well, this, was, this was the last gasp. We'll, 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 from here moving forward, we'll mention the women for like however long it takes to recap what they did, and hopefully it's continue to win. We started this podcast with a five minute recap of the Premier League. Point. Point. <laughs> point. Point to Hufflepuff. Um, <laughs> on the other things that happened this week that we should probably mention, uh, we'll start with rowing because why the heck not? Um, did you guys know that the orange women's uh, crew team was ranked? Because I did not until right now. Hey, uh, thanks, guys. Gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> they are fifteenth in the country, so that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and they won the Peacock Cup, which is a sixteen-team regatta. And in that, they defeated the number eleven-ranked Duke uh, Blue Devils, ninth-ranked Penn. And they also defeated uh, other solid programs, Navy, UCF, Clemson, Louisville, and Boston University. So, claps all around to any team that beats Duke. (laughs) Claps all around to any team that beats a ranked Duke team. Which brings us to softball. Um, 
The women had a huge upset this week, uh, upsetting the number 11 Duke Blue Devils, a game that one Christian de Guzman actually, uh, you know, was semi-involved with as the broadcaster. So what the heck happened, Christian? <laughs> um, Syracuse pitching showed up. Um, that's a Duke team that is one of the best, if not the best in the nation. As a team coming into that game on Saturday, uh, they were hitting 340 as a team. You don't okay. see that. No. They had two they had two hitters on that team who had at least a four hundred batting average, twelve home runs, and forty RBIs in thirty games. Hmm. Uh forty games, but still. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, and that Syracuse pitching staff limited them to uh four hits. Syracuse only got three hits, but the hits were timely all uh coming in the third inning. Um, very, very timely hits. Indeed, Syracuse stranded runners. The Syracuse pitching staff stranded runners with the bases loaded and runners on second and third twice. Um, so it was a great job by the pitching staff um, to basically you know, shut down a very potent offense. Um, Coach Shannon Depking went with a strategy that is very becoming very popular in baseball right now, which is, hey, you saw my pitcher one time through the lineup. That's not going to happen again. So basically, each pitcher would face about 10 batters, and that's it. Huh. And you can get away with that. You can get away with that in a seven-inning game as well. Right. Because you're not going to use that many pitchers in a seven-inning game. And with softball, I mean, since, since they can go every night, it's not really as yeah. much of a... Mm-hmm. Exactly. It, it, as much of an impact to the bullpen uh-huh. or anything, so that yeah. that's kind of again that was only one game. Duke took the other two games of the series. Yeah. It's like still a good Duke team, but yeah, hey, that was that's literally the biggest win of the of the season, and I'm gonna look this up right now because that win has uh, playoff implications uh, for Syracuse. Um, playoff implications, as in there's like not a selection process to get into the postseason. Or ACC yeah. tournament implications. ACC tournament implications. Okay. Looking at so we'll, we'll so Syracuse is twelfth right now. They're at four and fifteen. Um, two teams are above them, tied at six and fifteen. Uh, that's North Carolina, Boston College, in the ACC. And Syracuse again, four and fifteen. Yeah. The top ten teams in the ACC make the ACC playoffs. Syracuse is twelfth, but they have one more. Uh, I believe one or two more. I think it's one more. Let me double check on that. But again, 12th, but two, only two games behind for, the, uh, for that 10th uh, place spot. And their last ACC series is against North Carolina, who currently holds that 10th spot. So getting a win over Duke, very, very important. Just to yeah. maybe try and sneak into the ACC tournament. I was going to say, so that last series could be a bit of a for since mm-hmm. we're since we're a soccer podcast now it's a bit of a six pointer it is <laughs> so. you know i i am i am all here for the six pointers the two pointers the any pointers that any syracuse team can win it would be nice for we them just, to start picking up some points we we just need steve to make sure the weather is you know nice for those games yeah i'm not going to lie not going to be much help there no Especially Flip after in. it's sunny and 75 in Syracuse today. 78 in Syracuse today. And in two days, guess what's going to happen? Snow. I, think it was snow. I didn't look that far. Come on. Are you? the Okay. I'm coming up to Syracuse this weekend. If it snows in Syracuse this weekend, yeah, no, I'm going be to fine. cry. It, it's, sh- it should be fine. It's also, I think it's Mayfest this weekend also, so that should be funny. Um Oh, God. <laughs> I think it's supposed to warm back up by the weekend, but midweek it's supposed to be like 40 in chance of snow. So. To be fair, Christian, it did snow my senior Mayfest, so, you know, this it is... Did. Yes, me. Um, well, I was there for that, obviously, um, because I do remember that. Um, but, again, fun fact, Andy was a senior when I was a freshman. Um, <laughs> and they were still yeah. in diapers when I was a senior. <laughs> um, let's, gloss, let's gloss over that fact. Um <laughs> Um, and, and so two years in a row, there were snows and flurry on Mayfest in my undergrad, freshman and sophomore year. Nice. Oh, central New York weather never fails to disappoint. And um, yes, and yes, Mayfest is this Friday. Oh, man, uh, I'm good thing I'm driving up Friday night. I will not be there <laughs> for the 
for you youngins to uh, remind me how old I I actually am. So that <laughs> if, is... if, if you want if you want uh, old, uh, two chains is a replacement performer for the headliner at at uh, block party, and people were disappointed. <laughs> I'm. I'm going to tell my friends that after this, I will let you know their reaction because I guarantee that their reaction will be one of these uh, kids these days, which it'll be the first time that we've collectively said kids these days. So thank you for that. Yeah, it's, it's from good. all three of us, from all three of us. <laughs> kids these days. If I had any clue who um, that was, I would, uh, <laughs> I would probably have a different reaction. I'm pretty sure he's an Atlanta, uh, Atlanta United Ultra at this point. Oh, there you go. Oh, boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. He's a Miles Robinson. He probably has a Miles Robinson jersey somewhere. Oh, definitely. <laughs> uh, speaking of things that are old, Homefield Apparel, our wonderful sponsor of the Troy Nudes is an Absolute Podcast. Homefield Apparel is your home for vintage uh, collegiate apparel featuring pretty much any school under the sun. And if the uh, Homefield Apparel doesn't have your school, they probably will soon. They've been churning out all sorts of new designs and new styles. They do t-shirts, they do fleece sweatshirts, they do hoodies. They even do select school joggers if you're lucky enough uh, to online bully them into getting your school. They are fantastic. They're super comfortable. Their designs are top notch. Right now, they're actually running a 25% off sale on Villanova, NC State, South Carolina, Illinois, Gonzaga, Cincinnati, Kansas, and UCLA apparel. They just launched an Air Force collection. There's going to be more coming out this week. Uh, it is just a really great place to grab some wonderful gifts for that collegiate fan in your life or to improve your wardrobe with some fantastic vintage-looking uh, clothing. If you would like to do either one of those things, head to homefieldapparel.com and make sure you use the promo code NUNES, N-U-N-E-S, for 10% off your first order uh, at homefieldapparel.com. So again, uh, promo code NUNES, N-U-N-E-S, for 10% off your first order. Uh, gentlemen, now that we are officially whoa, at the halfway whoa, point. Whoa, 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 hold on. They have Baylor Sailor Hat Joggers. What? Whoa. Oh, oh, yeah. Hold on, time. Yeah, man. hold on. When Sorry. did they? When did Baylor get joggers? Uh, apparently now. So we really need to yell at we need to yell at Connor. Um, for we anyone, need, also for the record, anyone who was confused by the completely arbitrary uh, schools that Andy ripped off that they're on sale twenty five percent off right now, uh, that was the the roster for Big New Saturday Volume Three, uh, the mixtape. Uh, the the follow up will be uh, starting, I think, coming up here soon, right? Like they've got. Oh yeah, because they've got the advertisement for the subscription going. So if yeah, you if you news. want uh, one random shirt from each school in Big New Saturday season four, you can get that now. That's a that's a really good one to to call out because the way that that works is that you basically get uh, a t shirt that is normally twenty dollars. You are thirty two dollars. You get for twenty dollars. So that is a almost forty percent savings uh, on some of the best T-shirts that you'll hey, ever no. have. They would have been twenty eight and change because they would have used N U N E S as their code and gotten ten percent off. There, Steve is the Steve is the math person here. This is why he's the magic producer man. He can think on think on his feet. Uh, <laughs> the home home field apparel is great. Connor, thank you again for sponsoring us. Uh, we love you all, and you should check them out because they're really comfy stuff. And if I wasn't gloating, I would be wearing an uh, a home field apparel shirt and not an Arsenal shirt. But alas, I must gloat. So, Arsenal it is. Speaking of soccer, we had another week of MLS uh, go through. And if you are not an MLS fan, uh, you should be because there's a lot of Syracuse players playing in MLS these days. Um We've we've kind of recapped um, in the past, but the big names to know we we already mentioned it. Miles Morales, uh, not Miles Morales, Miles <laughs> different, Robinson. Different podcast, different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so good because that just describes the antithesis of all of us combined. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was. Uh, listen, it was going to happen one of these days, and oh it, man, it that's finally good happened. Stuff. Yes, Miles Robinson started this week uh, for Atlanta United, 
and he actually went up against Mo Adams. Mo, yeah. Mo Adams got the start for my uh, for Inter Miami, uh, and Miami ended up pulling out the win. So a a big victory, uh, a big orange on orange fight that was actually a pink on. Uh, Atlanta did not wear their red and black kits. I think they wore like a uh, green kit or something. Yeah, their it was a their ve- alternate is a green, which is weird. But you know, whatever floats your boat. It was a very pastel uh, matchup. I I didn't know how to feel about it watching the highlights. But again, Mo versus uh, Miles is pretty awesome to see at any level. Uh, it was it was great to see it continue to happen. Mo has kind of carved out a, li- a nice little niche for himself um, at Miami, a team that is. To be fair, a bit in a roster crunch because of their own mismanagement and their... I mean, completely screwing the system over and trying to get away with way too much. Yes, <laughs> but I, I mean, yes. But what that has done is that a guy like Mo, who kind of bounced around the MLS for a while, seems to have found uh, a niche with a Miami team that is finally starting to put together some wins. So, Steve, I just kind of like I know that you and Christian. Um, both, you know, followed Mo when he was at Syracuse. Um, but uh, Steve, starting with you, like Mo's definitely had a specific style of play. Um, and lately in MLS, I know that there were a few teams that were trying to push him around and move him into different spots. Yeah, I mean, it, he's at least at Cuse, he was a true six, and he played every every bit of it. And I. As you can tell by the fact I have literally a Syracuse number six jersey sitting behind me, uh, which was his predecessor, uh, Yusuf Passanen. Oh. Um, oh. <laughs> the only thing, you could, only thing you could hear during a men's soccer game when Yusuf Passanen was playing, Yusuf! Yusuf! <laughs> just Mac, Mac's voice yeah. just piercing. Uh, and it was the same thing with uh, someone we'll talk about later, Mr. Ryan Raposo. <laughs> Every time Ryan got yelled at. You could, I don't know what it was with the intonation of Yuso and Raposo that Mac just, it, it drowned out anything else going on in the soccer stadium. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Mo was very much, uh, you know, a true central midfielder and played that position very well. And it seems like he's finally, you know, uh, finding a, a bit of a, bit of a spot, a little bit, you know, forward almost as an eight. Or, like, I, I don't know if Inter-Miami, you know, lineups are always a weird thing, and I haven't seen them play in a couple of games. But, uh, you know, he's playing in a three-man midfield in what is likely, you know, like a 4-5-1 or something along those lines. And what where he sits, I, I don't really know. But I know he was a really good defensive midfielder for a lot of years for Syracuse. Yeah, he was just one of those deep T-biddies that was just everywhere yeah and and like you could it, it really felt like he made the back three comfortable as well um mm-hmm. just because of his presence in the middle there uh he was just so good just a pleasure to watch play um it, it's it's weird because i don't think his skill set really translate to like and like andy alluded to maybe some of the other positions yeah that that the other uh play that other teams were playing for like he was excellent as a six it's interesting to see and hear that he's uh that he may be playing an eight which is um not something i would have pegged that's what the, uh, that's what threw me off because it showed on the lineup card he's playing a little farther forward and it just didn't feel right well yeah. you're not you're you're not wrong he's definitely playing further up but that's also again miami plays a, a little bit of a different they're basically, they've got a lot of defensive midfielders that somebody has to play up. Um, and so I just want to kind of point out that in this, uh, you kind of asked about like how he's been doing. Um, I watched Miami play Seattle in a very frustrating game midweek where mm-hmm. Seattle was heavily squad rotating. Miami rotated as well a bit. Um, but Mo did get some appearances in that one. Uh, and what's kind of stuck out to me is like to your, what you both are talking about. Mo is sticking in the middle of the midfield and it's not necessarily that he's creative. It's that he will win the ball. So in this win against Atlanta, Mo actually won the second most duels of anybody for Miami in just 56 minutes of play. Um, the, only per- the only player who won more duels than his nine, or sorry, than his 10, were DeAndre Yedlin. 
uh, who is pretty much the focal point for everything that Miami is trying to do. Uh, I forgot Mo, DeAndre Yedlin's on Miami. That's yeah. funny. Yes. So Mo only generated .01 expected goals uh, in, in play. Uh, point, just want to make sure point zero one, not point one. Uh, however, he had he won ten duels, and his uh, overall percentage was ninety percent. So, like, the guy is doing some really good work at just making sure that uh, Miami is able to dispossess the other team. And I think that it could be really interesting to see him evolve more fully. I don't necessarily think he has a future on any kind of national team level. But like that's a really nice player to have at the MLS level that can. He, he's not bringing an England squad. <laughs> no, oh, I was gonna say because I, I was gonna say he's not he's not US right. Like he's no, he was, a, he's he was actually a no, Derby he's, he's, Derby Academy uh, Derby County yeah. Academy product. Dar- Derby Dar- Derby County and uh, Nottingham Forest. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. so there we go. Yeah. So he's not bringing into England squad. That being said, this is this feels to me like the bit of that moment where Mo could become one of those MLS lifers that just pops up on a, a different team every two to three years and just is starting every match because that kind of skill set is something that every coach would really, you know, like to have right. um, in in their lineup, especially if he continues to do this consistently without getting uh, into disciplinary issues with the cards, which was the knock on him in his early MLS days and I think back in his Q's days a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, I mean, Chicago kind of bounced him around wherever they felt like putting him. He ended up going to Atlanta uh, as as the second-choice defensive midfielder in a trade because American sports are weird. Um, and then, you know, got, I think it was a free agent deal where he left to, uh, left to head to Miami. And all in all, I mean, it seems to be working out. He's been getting getting a good number of minutes. So uh, between him and him and Miles, it was a, probably a good game to watch. Now I'm gonna to have to go watch the you know MLS and thirty on it or whatever their condensed game is. Yep. Uh, the other challenge for both of you pronounce Miami Stadium name. Oh, um, I have no idea what even. I don't even want. Let me put it this way: I thought that they were playing in like the Orange Bowl or something still, um, but that's definitely not the case, isn't it? Inter Miami. It stadium. looks like it was supposed to be Drive Pink, but they took all the balls. <laughs> oh. Oh no! D R V P N K Stadium. Derv, Punk. Derv Punk. Derv Punk. Sounds good. It's Punk. Daft Punk. Yeah, it's the Daft Punk Stadium. Congratulations to Miami. Good sponsor. Good sponsor. Each stand is actually just shaped like one of the helmets. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, in in yeah. Now that we've now that we've gone down that rabbit hole, there were some other some other actions happening in the the world of MLS. Vancouver, while they did not win anything whatsoever, Raposo did get a start. So good to good to hear Mac continually screaming across the entire country at Vancouver to start him. Vancouver is so bad. Yeah, that's it's not great. In, and that's uh, no Montreal. Kamal, I'd assume, started, but they drew Philly one-one. Uh, yeah, Kamal started with a yellow card, uh, yeah, and good, then that's a good Philly team. Uh, of of big note, what happened right before we started recording? DeAndre Kerr has netted his first MLS goal for the New or for Toronto uh, uh, Toronto FC against New York City FC. So wow, uh, goal in the eighty sixth minute. He came on. Uh, at some at some point, sixtieth. Um, that there we go, uh, and decided to put one in the back of the net for the first time. So uh, good to see him opening his sheet. Um, it is, however, not the most influential or important goal scored by a Syracuse grad this weekend. Mister Tejon Buchanan, our oh, Canadian friend, uh, decided to put one in the back of the net for Club Bruges against Antwerp today. Uh, they so Bruges won one nil in the uh, championship round of the Belgian Pro League, or the Jupiler League, if you will. Uh, and Tejan was the one of that one nothing scoreline. So uh, good to see him putting the putting the ball in the back of the net after the transfer. Yeah, I'm happy that they. I'm happy he did that, and uh, uh, glad they also beat Antwerp. Just I I I think that name's very funny and it makes me very happy when they uh, 
uh, when Antwerp plays any game and I get to say that name. Uh, but yeah, Tejon in the 37th minute too, like that's a, that's an early goal. Yeah. Good to see. I mean, I can't complain in general with the way he's been, you know, getting time and we'll see where he ends up going ultimately with this move to Bruges. And if he can keep, keep putting good performances is and we'll see what happens. Oh yeah. I, I didn't realize he was also eligible for Jamaica. Oh, has he? Uh, oh, yeah, because yeah, he can do a one-time switch now. He, he's officially had uh, more than four caps, so he cannot one-time switch. Did you see the goal that he scores? I did not. Um, I it just is, saw that he scored it. Is, it. Okay, so I'm going to do my best to describe this. I'm no Evan Weston, um, but uh, they have it best, on the. Give me, give me your best Ian Dark. <laughs> so I, I i honestly could not my broadcasting day my play-by-play days are far behind me my podcasting days are just getting started um but tejon gets played in on a beautiful through ball and then immediately cuts back inside sending the defender going wide and instead of doing what you would imagine playing off the wing and shooting the ball really hard towards the far post he decides no I am going to gently float kick this thing with like a chip shot over the near post. Yep. And just hits literally top corner bar down goal in the goal. The poor goalkeeper just looks absolutely mystified as to how that ball actually went in. Um, But Steve, you should go to the club Bruges um, Twitter account. They have the goal on there. It's I Tejan's really freaking good. Like Tejon Buchanan is really good at soccer, and I all credit to Coach Mack and the development that they had on finding this kid. Um, because it, to me, it's still kind of crazy that a kid this with that much speed. I know finishing is something that takes time to develop, but like somebody with that much speed and that much skill uh, to just completely go unnoticed is is wild to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and coming through, what was it? Brampton, Ontario to, you would expect, you know, straight to Syracuse because that's what always happens. But he went to, he played high school ball in uh, Colorado uh, and then was recruited out of there. So good to see, uh, good to see the Canadian pipeline through a weird, weird lens. (laughs) And yes, I just looked that up and wow. (laughs) Like of all the things to do, he had the, he had the, the space to drive it, to drive it to the far post. And yeah, just pulls it around. And, yeah. Okay. Cool. That's uh. Yeah. That was. That was definitely. Yeah. That was good. I'll take that. <laughs> he Canada. He in Canada could be a problem in the World Cup in the best way possible. Uh, I don't uh, listen. World World Cup soccer uh, just means that if you're willing to play, if you're willing to bunker and play counter, if you've got enough athletic wings. Somebody will do something dumb. Normally, it's the U.S., but that is the U.S. is not in their group this year. So it's a tough group for Canada. It yeah, is. it really is. They are they are not going to advance. I will say no. they will one thousand percent take away points from somebody who probably should have gotten more points against them. Whether or not it impacts the overall group stage matches or not remains to be seen. But they're gonna they're gonna steal some points. It's Belgium and Croatia. Those are two of the best European teams. The two of the best teams. Well, right Morocco. I mean, Morocco's no slouch either, too. So yeah. that's really like there's no there's no quote unquote group of death. But if you want the group of parody, that is the group of parody. There is a group of death. What would that be? Is it... It's Group C. <laughs> you think the U.S. group is tougher? No, Group C is. No, uh, U.S. is Group B. But, I group mean, C is Argentina. Uh, group C is Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. So you have That's Argentina and Mexico getting through, probably. Well, I am. It's exactly. It's, I wouldn't say it's a group of death though, because you've got Saudi Arabia, and then Mexico, Poland is going to be a toss-up, and then Argentina is going to walk it. Well, you, you say that, but Argentina is Argentina. True. Argentina <laughs> should walk it on paper. Yes, they should. Oh, man, I can't wait till we get to do a World Cup pool. I'm still mad it's taking place in the winter, but I cannot wait to do a World Cup pool. Yeah, and then you've got, like, Spain, New Zealand, or Costa Rica, Germany, Japan. I, I Group F may actually be the 
the most dangerous top to bottom group. I could buy that. Or Canada. <laughs> you qualify for the World Cup for the first time in a very long time. 34 years. Uh, here's, the group, here's the group of death. Have fun. In, a, in Qatar, a country where you cannot send your fans to go to. And somehow um, you get Group A that has Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, and the Netherlands? Like, that's what happens. That's what happens when you have... Uh, that's what happens when you have uh, teams with low UEFA coefficients hosting the World Cup. <laughs> true. Very true. Uh, Which reminds me, how is this going to work for 2026? Do the US they haven't Canada announced Mexico, it yet. Do the US, <sighs> Mexico, and Canada just automatically get in? So that the the overwhelming thought is yes, they have not announced it yet, and there's thought that it might be the U.S. gets through, or like there's the the it, because it's the tri-host thing, it's really funky. So there's also is this officially 2026 going to be the first expanded World Cup? Have they confirmed that? I don't know if they've confirmed that either. It might be 2030. Uh, so we'll, Where'd I guess, see. We're taking it to the 2030 World Cup. Good Lord. <laughs> I just don't want the expanded World Cup either. I just love the format right now. But, you know, more money, more FIFA. So if they well, want to do an expanded World Cup, I said if they want to do an expanded World Cup, I don't suggest any more teams. I suggest doing a double round robin. I'd be more for that. 100%. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because I think because I think playing only one team each while it shortens the time period is asinine. If you want more money, do a double round robin. Those games are going to be very interesting. Well, I guess the other thing too you could do is instead of because they're act, they're saying like adding what sixteen more countries or something. Yeah, making it forty eight. So in lieu of that, just add eight, and you've got four groups damage games instead, and you can still get through the same way. Like it expands it, but it doesn't expand it to dilute it. I don't know. Whatever. One way or another, we're not, you know, corrupt enough to be leading this church. <laughs> no, we are not. We we think with we think with our heads and not our wallets. So this is uh, yeah. Which we is, also don't which, take bribes, which is, which is why we're hosting this podcast and not doing something else right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is accurate. Thank you, Homefield Apparel. We still love you. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize that Skylar was actually talking in the uh, the chat repeatedly and yelling at us for stupidity that we had. Uh, <laughs> he, he calling for Vita Joggers and uh, confirming that the twenty twenty six will be twenty twenty six Cup will be expanded to forty eight. Oh, oh God! Yeah, so you could send all three in if you do the forty eight team World Cup pretty easily. Yeah, because it wouldn't make a difference. No. Yeah, God. exactly. Um, this is going to be a matter of how you do the groups and stuff. Like, do you want to do the three-team groups, or do you do, you know... Oh, three-team groups? Why? That's, Why? What they're, that's, that's what they're planning. Yeah. Three-team groups? That is, is dumb. So, is really that dumb. That is so <laughs> bad. Why? Why? <laughs> yeah, the 2026 World Cup has... The one that U.S. has basically pegged Oh, never mind. It's to. just held. It's fine. Okay. Hi, I hold. did not realize what his twitch username was okay well thank you uh thanks mike uh, i appreciate <laughs> you checking us on everything as always and i hope you appreciate your shout out earlier uh speaking of which we have about 10 minutes left to go and we have now talked enough soccer that i think most of the sports fans have left and we're left with just the crazy people here uh and so <laughs> i want to throw up an official spoiler warning this is the time that we are now finally going to talk Moon Knight on the show <laughs> because we've been talking about talking about Moon Knight and we haven't done it yet. So again, if you are not watching Marvel's Moon Knight and you'd like to watch it at a later date or you're not caught up with, through episode four at this point, this is where you can just right. turn the podcast off. Thank you, everybody. Go Orange. All that fun stuff. Right. If you, if you every... don't care anything about Marvel stuff, feel free to like, subscribe, follow us on Twitch. We'll be talking <laughs> Noons and Syracuse stuff most of the time, but uh, you can turn the podcast off now. Just check out NoonsMagician.com. Uh, we're always there. We're always doing things. There's always things happening. Um, and go Orange and now go Marvel. Yes. Uh, go Marvel. Go. Uh, three, two, one. Go Moon Knight for finally doing the thing that I wanted Moon Knight to do forever. 
Um, Christian, I'm most intrigued by your perspective on this because Steve and I knew where this was going in the sense the moment that he woke up wearing what he was wearing and how they framed everything, I knew exactly what was going on. You obviously have not read the comic where this is heavily borrowing from. So what happened to your brain when he goes from getting shot in the chest to a bingo game? What the hell was going on? <laughs> um, basically. Yeah, because I, I was watching... I was watching some other people react to this and um for a non Marvel comic person, um, it's weird because there's a couple of times we've seen the get shot or wake up at a different reality quote unquote thing and it just doesn't quite work. Uh this one seems to be working quite well, although I just don't know what the hell is going on, where we are, what time is it, uh, who people are, why is there a random hippo? Um just not sure, yeah. But, um, like, because I, I think I, it was weird because I think there were so many times where they could have ended the episode mm-hmm. and they didn't. And because of that, it just made it more confusing in a good way, I think. I'm not sure yet. I like, I'm not, I, my jury is still out on that. But, um, it, it, like at the very least, it's interesting to see where it goes. I think the way we got there is maybe a little suspect, but I'm I'm very intrigued at least. Yeah, and I, I for one, um, Andy knows this, but they really need to pay Jeff Lemire a lot of money, and they won't. Um, and if you want to hear an argument about that, listen to the Multiverse Report from two weeks ago because we went on quite the rant about these. Uh, you know, uh, all these shows stealing directly from the comics and not crediting the creators of any of these ideas and arcs. But uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild ride for you. Um, if after this, uh, after and I would highly recommend anyone after this uh, season is over to go back because at this point, don't get spoiled on it. But like, go back and li- read the Jeff Lemire run of Moon Knight. Um, even if you don't like comics uh, or just aren't into them, it's still um, intriguing as to uh, what goes on and how the similarities and differences between how Lemire handles the the character and what they're doing in the show. Yeah, I I really did think that for a while they were gonna really lean heavily into the Bendis Moon Knight thing because the might the Bendis run was basically a reintroduction of the character. They moved him out of New York. Um, they were trying to make, you know, more of a crossover character and less of a one-off character. And so I was more mentally... I was ready for mental instability to come through in the screen, but more so in a different way than the Lemire run, which I thought they'd just do, like, references to. But we're full-on in there now, and I'm here for it. I will say... One of the things that I think, Christian, that you kind of brought up is like, if you're not sure that you like the confusion or you don't like, I have explained Moon Knight to people as a character that's written best when the writers, creators, whether that's through art, whether that's through dialogue, whether that's through scripting, make the experience a mirror to the character's experience of having multiple personalities and never really being sure what's going on because you live your life in that consistent state to then relay and tell a story that mirrors that and creates that vibe, I think is something that makes the character far more interesting than what his actual uh, superhero exploits are, to be quite frank. And that's what the Lemire run did in a very different way than anybody else who had been on Moon Knight before. But I feel like the comic, like the TV show is really trying to do that through its own medium. And it's tougher to do that through TV. It's especially tougher to do that through scripted, serialized weekly releases. But especially after this week, I'm fully in on this show. I don't think it's going to be one that's going to have like the mass appeal that Hawkeye even did because it's just not supposed to be that show. But I do appreciate that they've leaned into the idea of this character is not supposed to be a character that you instantly love or that's easy to understand or is one that you should want to be in any way, shape or form. 
Although it is funny to see him now at like Avengers campuses showing up around the world, like people in Moon Knight costumes being family friendly. There is something really disconcerting about that to me. I would not want to see Moon Knight on my Avengers vacation, just to be frank. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I, th- I think the only thing that's confusing to me is that I, w- um, and I know this will get entered at some point. I just want some more sort of idea of where time and place I'm at right now, and and that's the only reason why I was confused. And I know that's going to get though. answered. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I might not. Yeah, and so we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Well, that was part of the whole design was... Yeah. Um, well, and even from a, a Marvel design, uh, Isaac only signed a contract for the six episodes of Moon Knight. So we don't know if, when, or how this is fitting into the larger anything. This could just be a one-off, this is a thing that happened. Yeah, this is to show that gods exist outside of the Norse gods to show that there are these higher powers because we're about to do a Thor movie where the main character, the main antagonist is a god killer. We've got I mean, Blade coming we, we might get to the, apparently from what I heard, we might get the Greek gods in the Thor movie. Oh, you will. It's, it certainly seems Russell, that way. <laughs> Russell, Russell Crowe is Zeus. Oh, he is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And in the trailer, if you watched it, the, um, you can see you'll if you watch it again. There's a dude catching a lightning bolt. That is Russell Crowe yeah. as Zeus. Oh, okay, but is Nick Cage Nick Cage? Nick Cage is always <laughs> Nick Cage. That, that I, my friend, is a trick question. <laughs> I really want that to see movie, that movie. That movie just looks so awful. I don't want to see that. Oh god! I think it's gonna be Hell, fun. I think I'll just drop something in the chat, Andy. What? What did he say? Midnight Suns. <laughs> we've got um, Mahershala we've got I, <laughs> like the pieces are all falling together that was I, a that's, so that's a rumor that I heard that, that, that like we could have a Black Knight Blade Moon Knight team up honestly some monster hunting between those characters could be really fun bring back Robbie and, Reyes and call it a call it a happy fun time uh, I really miss Robbie Reyes. I know that Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield is a, a, we could do podcasts plural <laughs> on that show and everything that went into its creation and its in, inexplicable survival. That being said, the Robbie Reyes arc is probably the most creative thing that anything Marvel has done since uh, Phase Two of the MCU, and I I am here for it. Here for it all the time. A, a quick reminder that. Uh... Uh, Darker Strange is coming out very soon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Literally in two weeks, three weeks? Yes, two weeks. <laughs> and, and if anyone wants to see the 9 a.m. showing at Movie Tavern on next Friday, I'll be there. <laughs> there's, I will. there's literally no, no tickets sold in the theater right now. I'm just like, I can watch this amazingly by myself. This is great. You did it so early. I was going to go on IMAX at Destiny like I usually do. So do that. I don't care. I'll be happy to be the only one in the theater. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Give me a bag of popcorn and call it a day. I'm watching it by myself. I will be watching Thursday night uh, in New York. And yes, that will be... I'm almost guaranteeing everybody... L- listen, just that show is going to be the moon, is going to be the Doctor Strange recap thing. Because, yeah, we're going we're yeah, gonna we'll to talk It will be full off season stuff. by then. Yeah, we exactly. Will have, we will have discussions. <laughs> there will be talks. Things will be said. So, um, and and that's but, part of why I'm going so early, Christian, is because the text chain with him and uh, Casillo doesn't stop. So, <laughs> I know I can't get out of spoilers. So I just got to get it done out of the way. That's normally, what... John. Normally, John does not. Uh, he's the last one to see all the movies um, because California and kid. So he's usually not. <laughs> <laughs> actually that sounds like a fun band um but yes it is it is something that happens but i think we've said enough for tonight thank you for those who stuck around through this part this is our fun part um we've had a lot of fun doing this off-season show even though it's in season um thank you to everybody who's watching on twitch thank you mike held for watching and uh interacting with us if you want to be like mike and chat with us during the show uh just, yep just jump on twitch 
twitch.tv backslash noonsmagician. Uh, we'll always be broadcasting on Sunday nights around this time. If you want, like to listen to your po- uh, to, in, to this in podcast form, make sure you subscribe, uh, rate, review us, so that way we can trick the algorithm into expanding the Ottoman Empire. If you're reading this on newsmagician.com, thank you for your support. Coming back to the site, we will always keep churning out great content from the entire network of News Magician writers. Uh, thank you to everybody who's uh, taking this in in some way, shape, or form. It really does mean a lot to us. We really appreciate the support. Appreciate our sponsors, Home Field Apparel. And, as always, go Orange. Orange. Go Orange. <laughs>